We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Welcome to Coffee with Christy, featuring your host, Christy Dryling. Do you need a little drive to achieve your goals? Are you this close to taking your business to the next level? Maybe you are just about where you need to be, but could use some help. Christy and her guests are ready to take you there. It's going to be a fun ride. Now, here's Christy Dryling. And hello, everyone. I hope you're having a beautiful week. This is Christy Dryling, and I'm your host for Coffee with Christy, and I am so excited to fill your cup up with some goodness this week and get your your day started off on the right foot so you can be a great human, and you know what I always like to say, do great shit. So I am super excited to introduce our one of our guest speakers for today. Her name is Stephanie Gunning, and she is a three-time Amazon best-selling author a nonfiction editor and a publishing strategist with 32 years of experience in the book business. Her A-list clients include New York Times and national best-selling authors, Greg Braden, Held Dwoskin, and Ruby Payne, among others. Clients regularly come back to work on their projects, new projects with her. Stephanie has co-written and been a ghostwriter for over 50 projects, mine included. She works with major publishing firms, top caliber literary agencies, and innovative self-publishing. Publishers. And since 1996, she has worked with more than 600 clients, many repeats on editing, consulting, coaching, and co-authoring. Clients consult with Stephanie on varying things from is, it, is my proposal ready to what kind of distributor should I choose. Stephanie can help you make the best decisions for your book from manuscript to design, packaging, cover copy, distribution, and promotion. And I have to tell you. Okay, so... <laughs> I'm so excited to have Stephanie on the show. I really am. I just love this woman. So I was, when I when it was time to write the book, LOL, that many of you know is being um, scripted. Um, it's actually fully scripted right now for a feature film. And I was, yeah, I know. I haven't even told you yet. <laughs> and it's a very exciting, a very exciting time. And so Stephanie, um, I found her online. I really wanted to um, connect with someone that was enlightened and someone that could really understand human consciousness and, and, and be able to speak the language I spoke. And bless her heart, she was so amazing. And she's a New Yorker. You know, she is, she's, she's just a true New Yorker. And she was able to be patient with me. You know, this little Kansas girl that her thoughts were all over the place. And, and uh, she just was so amazing at being patient with me and um, helping me through my process of making LOL a bestseller. And also now, because of her and because of her ability to help me put my words into into a book, now the world's going to be able to see it into a movie. So, Stephanie, welcome to the show. I'm delighted that you're here with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for your kind words. That's very generous. You were not difficult at all to work with. You were very easy to work with. And um, I am thrilled to hear that your powerful story is now going to be a movie. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Well, it's only possible because you helped um, bring the story to the world. Um, and I hear people all the time, Stephanie, I mean, your, your gift is, you have such a gift and people love working with you. And you make me look. You make me look better than I truly am in that in in that book. And I and I, <laughs> I, and I, I tell you, people, you know, then they hear me speak and they're like, "Wait, that's not what I heard in the book." <laughs> so it's all good. Well, no, you're it's all very funny. inspiring, Christy. And and honestly, one of the best things about the kind of work I get to do, it's a real privilege when somebody shares something that they lived through that was transformational for them. You know, because when we go through crises, we we become stronger and more capable people. And, and so somebody like you, who had a, a difficult start in life, um, you have, you know, you bring so much love to everything you do. And that's a privilege for me to help you. <laughs> well, you, you have done that and you're doing that with a lot of my friends. Actually, I've got a friend who's really ready to write her book and she'll be contacting you soon as well because I just, you help bring dreams to life. So I would love Stephanie. I, this is really about, I wanted to interview you. What brought you um, to where you are today? So if you could tell a little bit of your story and then um, I would really like to talk about the process for people who feel that urge in their heart 
to get a book written and, and, and how they can actually start the process. So tell us about Stephanie and who she is and where she came from. Well, you know, I was one of those little kids who loved books. I mean, children love to read picture books, and um, I just had this vivid imagination. And when I was, you know, when when um, I could get my mom to, you know, cut up little pieces of paper and help me to, you know, I would I would dictate my books to her, and she would write them down, you know. And and I just had dreams when I was eight years old in my third grade classroom of being a famous novelist. <laughs> and I don't know, I don't think I knew what that was really, but um, you know, when I was an adult, uh, right before I, I guess I was in high school, and I was introduced. My stepmother's best friend's eldest daughter was a book editor, and I had never met a book editor before. And suddenly, here was a real human being, and I was like, wow, I could really do that. That's a real thing. (laughs) (laughs) Right out of college, I I lucked into a job at one of the major companies in New York. I worked for the managing editor at um, HarperCollins, and I stayed there for 10 years, and I was you know, apprenticed basically to some very excellent executive editor uh, who I sat in his meetings, I helped him with production, I, and, and then when it was time for me to begin acquiring books, uh, I started to do that. Uh, and then one of my books hit the New York Times bestseller list, and all of a sudden I was like this hot little commodity, you know, in my <laughs> you know, like, woo, you know, she's like, she's got the juice, whatever, you know. So then I got headhunted to a different company, and, it, you know, that didn't work out as well for me. I, I left there, and I was like, you know what, I'm really on the side of the writer. That's like I don't want to I don't want to front for these big companies and you know promise all kinds of things. I really want to work directly with the writers and um, in the process of working with a number of writers, I became a writer. <laughs> so mm-hmm. my my childhood dream came full circle, you know, and and that was uh, I wrote I finished my first book, believe it or not, on December thirty first, nineteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like the Prince song. And then I went to the party. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and, uh, I just, I haven't stopped since then. That's uh, I just, I, I edit and write, I edit and write. And, and, um, you know, the world has become more hospitable to self-published authors. We don't have to go to a big company anymore. And we don't have to let somebody else give us permission to write a book or publish a book. We can do it ourselves. So whichever, you know, way somebody's writing gets out there, you can blog it, you can, you know, publish it, you know, on a print-on-demand platform, you can take it to a major publisher. There's so many avenues. So, you know, the sky's the limit. It's, it's between you and your ambition and your imagination. Mm, you know what? I I just love 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 the way you you do business too. I mean, you're just a you're so brilliant. You really are the smart woman. Um, I mean, honestly, I mean, look, you have to be to work with Greg Braden. I mean, I know he tries to dumb a lot of his work down for us. You know. Uh, you know, humans, uh, <laughs> but, uh, his, some of his stuff, you know, the divine matrix, I was reading that. Did you work on divine matrix by the way? Oh yes, I did. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I mean, it just takes a, it takes a while to chew on it. I'm like, this is good stuff, but this, I mean, I have to read like a paragraph at a time and chew on it. So it's good. <laughs> well, you know what? He's a, he really is a scientist. And he's a great communicator. You know, he's got that skill. And I think it comes from, you know, long uh, years of giving lectures to groups all around the world. He really has learned how to bring the audience along with him. The very, I think the reason that I actually was hired originally by his publisher, which back then I think was Three Rivers Press, uh, which was a part of Crown uh, Conglomerate, and uh, I was hired because to help him with a book called The God Code, 
And mm-hmm. I think it's, be, it's because I love science that I was hired. There, there's a lot of chemistry in that book and a lot of uh, genetic and also Hebrew and Arabic. And all yeah, stuff. wow. And, yeah. and I, I remember sitting down with it and just being fascinated and really, you know, saying to myself, they hired you, you have permission to do what's necessary to do, just do it. <laughs> And, you know, I got into it, and we we just formed a very good working relationship. I've worked on, like, 16 of his books now. I think 16, 16 or 17, something like that. That's amazing. You know, I hear people say, you know, uh, if they're being interviewed on Super Soul Sunday or whatever, and it's like they, you know, they're, like, in their 50s, and they're on their 35th book. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it took me a year to write a book. Like, how do people <laughs> write that many freaking books? <laughs> I don't know. You have to get over yourself in a funny way. It's like, you know, writing a book is a strange combination of thinking you deserve it, you know, you have something to say, and also to not compete with your idea of the perfect Mm -hmm. book, right? Uh, Sometimes I get held up in my own writing when I think my writing is supposed to be something that it's not, you know? Mm And then, and then, and then I was having lunch with uh, one of my clients, who a former New York Times writer, and she said the best thing to me because I'm I'm working on a novel that was very slowly, you know, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm kind of busy. But, <laughs> but uh, I might one day be the famous novelist I do today. But uh, she said, "I love listening to you talk, and if you write the way you talk." I'll be I'll be mm. really happy to read your book. And I was like, "Oh my god, I don't have to pretend to be somebody I'm not." <laughs> Ooh, that's good advice. Did you guys hear that? That's good. That's really good. So what about those people that do not speak well? Should they just give up now? No, look, I mean, so so let's say you're not the world's greatest writer, okay? You can hire a writer. <laughs> or, you know, what, you know, whatever it is that's going into that book, if, if it's your expertise at knitting, if it's your expertise at baking bread, if it's your, you know, if it's your poetry, if it's your, you know, a memory of, you know, running a marathon, whatever it is that you have decided is worthy of sharing with other people through writing, Mm -hmm. you know, get, get it out somehow, right? Get it down on paper or talk it into a recording device send it to somebody to transcribe it. And then once it's on paper, then you can worry about revising it and rearranging it and figuring out what needs to be done to it, right? Uh, even a person who doesn't have great grammar, all you do is you hire an editor and they fix your grammar. I mean, there's no sin mm. in it, right? There's, it doesn't make you a bad person if you <laughs> can't spell. It's <laughs> like... You know, it's, this is not uh, this is not a fatal flaw. <laughs> you know, uh, see, the world is everybody. You've just heard it directly from Stephanie's mouth that you can do this. It listen if you know if you've got a story to tell. She's saying it doesn't matter. You if you have it in your heart. It's meant to happen. So quit doubting yourself. I Stephanie, Stephanie, you say that because I remember. I was a few years into my business and I had received an, I had always had a dream to write a children's book and I, I, I hadn't done it yet, but I'd received this email one day and it came from this girl I didn't know in my business and she was meaning to send it to somebody else and it said, grammatically speaking, I can't believe this woman makes this much freaking money. And I just sat there with my mouth opened and I felt so bad. Like I thought, oh my gosh, I could never write my book. I could never do it. And so then I did what anybody would do and I hit reply and I, and I said, I don't think you meant for this to go to me. And she was mm-hmm. mortified, but it was something I could either choose, you know, like you said, I just hired, you know, I mean, it was a children's book for Pete's sake, but I still don't know where my commas go. That's why I got you. I was like, this I got the queen of all queens in this, in the writing world to help me you know, to take my story and to put it down and to translate it into a way that best represents me. So that's, you know, really why I I wanted to interview you today. And I I have some more questions for you. And we're going to be taking a break here in just a minute. Um, But for those of 
you um, who are really wanting to start the process, you always had a desire in your heart to write a book. You've always, you know, been encouraged to do so, but maybe you thought it was lofty and crazy. We're going to come back after the commercial break. And Stephanie, I would like to dig in a little bit more and for you to maybe give people a simple formula to follow, like where should they start? They've got the vision and they've got the heart, but they just don't know where to start. So can't tell you guys yet. Stephanie, are you ready to tell them when we come back from a commercial break? You bet. We're going to make them like they're going to be on the edge of their seat. So go fill up your coffee cup and then come sit back down with us here in just a few moments. And we will share the secret sauce to uh, to your successes. We'll see you all here in a few moments. Bye bye. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. If you're an influencer, you don't follow the trends, you set them. Voice America influencers are involved in creating change in personal and professional lives, collaborating and driving value to make our lives better. We have world-renowned thought leaders, speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, artists, and some of the most influential voices today. Listen in today to what they have to say. Engage in the conversation. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Answer the call. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Coffee with Christy. We'd love to hear from you today with your questions and comments. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather ask or comment by email, send them to Christy Dryling at att.net. Now, back to Coffee with Christy. And we're back to Coffee with Christy. And I'm your host, Christy Dryling. And I am super excited for one of my favorite people on the planet, Miss Stephanie Gunning. She is a best-selling author, and she did help co-write my book. And I'll tell you, if it weren't for her, uh, there wouldn't be a movie getting made about this story because she really helped bring it to life. And so, Stephanie, those people out there right now who are wanting to, they've had a vision and a dream to write a book, and they just don't know how, where do they start? All right. So the first thing you need to know about writing is that you can't really do it 
unless you get quiet and calm and you create a space to do it. So uh, you need to have a nice, you know, clear table for your laptop or if you're going to write it by hand, you know, sit down, have some space around you, get a cup of coffee. (laughs) Think of Christy. (laughs) Um, And then ask yourself some good questions, right? So, you know, say, you know, who is this for? And what am I giving to them? What am I teaching them? What are, you know, what is the problem I'm solving? You know, if you get really clear on those two things, it gets a lot easier. You know, even if you're writing your memoir, it's why am I telling this story? You know, what, what is the heart of this story? And then just begin writing. You, you don't have to edit yourself while you're writing. And, and I advocate that people spend an hour or two working in a session, right? Um, for somebody like me who just does it all the time, I might spend four or five or even six hours a day writing something when I'm on a deadline. But, you know, you, it's hard to sit in a chair that long. So you, you have this physical body that needs attention while you're writing. And if you make it a painful process, you won't do it. But I do advocate that people who are, who once they've decided to do it, that they really treat it, you know, with seriousness. Every, like go back every day and just do a little bit more. As long as you advance your, your writing a little bit, a little bit, a little bit regularly, it slowly adds up. You know, it's it's almost like mathematics. <laughs> if mm. the book is going to be 40,000 words, do you write 1,000 words a day for 40 days? Do you sit down and write 20,000 words a day for two days? That's up to you, but stay in it. In, and if you get into flow, for God's sake, don't stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Keep going. <laughs> because flow is not... You're not always in flow when you're writing. Sometimes... It's, you know, a little, it's like stuttering, you know, you get, you get a little stuck. So if you get stuck, take a walk. There's something about the connection between language and body that is hardwired into us. And when you begin walking or moving, uh, if you ask yourself a good question, the answer is going to come to you. It's just going to percolate right up out of your subconscious and it's going to come to you. And um, so those are the two things I do. I write, I walk. I write, I walk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody has something. Some people like to write in silence. Some people like to write with music on. So part of this is about you learning about yourself and then how to get the best out of yourself. So I think, you know, this, this ask a question, answer the question, ask a question, answer the question, and then rearrange it if needed. And mm-hmm. that's writing. <laughs> that's great. Now, so when developing, when developing, you know, what you're going to talk about, like I have found for myself, I always come up with titles all the time. And I, I remember Dr. Wayne Dyer once said, you know, that he would actually have his cover design first and set it on his on his desk, and then he wrote the book. And I always thought that was fascinating. I haven't done that yet, but you know, I always I always hear the voice saying, "It's time to write more books. Time to write more books." And then and then I just never get it started. It's it's kind of like, why do we do this to ourselves? We know that we're supposed to be doing it, yet we don't do it. Do you ever feel that way as a writer? Absolutely, but here's something that I've learned. When it's time, you will. Mm. So so you so I know you, Christy, you get <laughs> things done, right? When it's right. time, you do it. And mm. so there is a certain kind of getting ready that is actually part of the process. I mean, sometimes I'll tell my the, the writers that I'm coaching, have you daydreamed lately? You know, I'll say, have you laid on your couch and looked at the ceiling and daydreamed? You know, have you gone and had a conversation with somebody about this and told them why you love this idea? You know, mm-hmm. have you, you know, have you done some research? You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you need to fill yourself up 
before you're ready to produce. You know, we're not we're not machines in a factory. We're human beings. And so there is this creative process which is a little bit mysterious and and it's um it's a process that actually feels good, right? So, you know, people go back to it because it feels good. We're there's something that motivates you to share with other people. You know, we're not telepathic, you know, so we find other mediums. To, you know, some people do it through video. Some people do it through music. Some people do it through dance or painting. The person who wants to write is choosing to do it through language. And um, it's, a, it's a profound experience because, you know, if you're like, I don't always know what I want to say until I'm saying it out loud. And then I'm like, oh, wow, that was really good. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm not sitting here thinking ahead what to say to you. In the same way, when I sit down to write, I don't know what I think about what I'm writing until I do it. And then, and then I'm like, oh, wow, I'm really on to something, you know? So you might say to yourself, you know, what are the 10 things that I'm the, that are the most important thing to know about this subject. So let's say, you know, so let's say you're writing a book about writing books. I say, what are the 10 most important things to know about writing a book? You know, um, and then, and then those become my chapter titles. And maybe I'll change, maybe I'll change my mind. I'll say, oh, you know what? That's not a separate chapter. That's actually part, you know, that's not chapter six. That's part of chapter four. You know, so then I'll say, well, do I want to have another chapter or do, or maybe it's nine things, you know, like, you know, so you, you, you're going to discover stuff as you, as you're in the process. And that for me is the fun part. Like, I love discovering, you know, how much I, how much there is to know about something. Well, I love that. And I, you know, what? my last question here is, you know, since there is an abundance of, you know, self-publishing authors and also authors that are represented by um, publishers, how do you find your way as an author in the big ocean of everybody else? Like, is it through speaking engagements? Is it through social media marketing? Is it a little bit of everything? I mean, how do you do that these days? Well, each person has strengths and their own network, right? So that's where really knowing who you're writing for comes in handy, right? If if I'm writing a book for parents of children who are two years old, then I know a lot more about how to promote my book because, you know, it's just marketing. It's like... I I go where they are. I try to write articles on blogs that are aimed at parents of kids who are toddlers. I you know, I'm I'm not trying to convince people who are, you know, parents of teenagers to buy my book because they're not the reader, right? So so some of this is basic like understanding right from the get-go who am I writing this for and why do they need it? And and if that becomes your mission, it becomes a lot easier. You know, I, it, one of a lot of my clients actually write books for women, and there's so many tremendously great women's organizations. And if you want to be a, you know, if you want to promote your book, you could offer to go and give free lectures to these organizations. You know, if you're not a professional speaker. You can begin small and work your way up, you know, a lot. So like blogging or something. Yeah. I mean, a professional writer is not going to write one book. They're going to have a career. So your first book may not sell as much as your second book or your third book or your fifth book. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're only ever going to write one book in your whole life, in a funny way, your life is much simpler, you know, Mm -hmm. because you could just throw all your muscle into that one topic and, you know, but, you know, if you're starting from zero, you, you know, if you, so if you have a following on a network like LinkedIn, let's say if you're a business person or Facebook, if you're a lifestyle person or, 
Pinterest if you're writing a cookbook or, you know, you want to go to the, the place that is the most appropriate for your reader. Mm-hmm. If you can create a dialogue and become a resource and engage with those readers back and forth, have a conversation with them, they're going to come to trust you. They're going to come to be interested in your ideas. They're going to want to read your book. So sometimes people use the network and the speeches to create a market for the book, but sometimes people use the book to create a market for their business or their service or their speaking. You know, mm. So it goes both ways. Like everything you do in your life influences and affects everything else you do in your life. And... Mm. Um, yeah, well, so you that's, so that's, a, that's a whole other process. Yeah, yeah, that's really helpful. And you know what? You gave everybody enough to chew on that gets them, I think, a little bit anxious. I know I learned a lot from you t- today. And I just, so how can people, I have to obviously really highly recommend Stephanie um, because she made my process um, so enjoyable. How can people find you, Stephanie? I know that you people want you and you've got a lot of clients and are you even hireable? Are you too busy for someone to hire you or, you know, (laughs) is that an opportunity for people? So the absolute best thing that people can do is go to my website, have a look around. And if they want to have a conversation with me and find out if, you know, it's a, a good fit to work with me that they just contact me through the contact sheet there. And my website is just my name, stephaniegunning.com. And I'm very reachable. I mean, sometimes I'm busy, but you can, you know, you can start a conversation and then find out when I'm available and then we can work it, you know, on the calendar of it, you know. Um, most people aren't immediately ready to go when they contact me. They're, they're really thinking ahead a couple of months. Mm, that's really great. Well, I, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for uh, joining us. I know you have a super busy schedule, and um, I'm just so grateful that you're able to s- some, you know, spend some time out of your busy day to be with us. And uh, wait for that invitation to the uh, red carpet event, Missy. Uh, I can't wait to celebrate I'm with there. you when, I'm there. when we make it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. I know everyone learned a lot, and I love you to pieces. Keep doing great work. So that was awesome, guys. I'll tell you, I was really excited to have Stephanie on our show just simply because I know how it was such a struggle for me when I first um, wrote my, my, my big book, you know, the 35,000 word book. And it was, I just needed someone in my corner. And I think that having her there um, as like an accountability partner in the sense, but also holding my hand and helping me along the way, it was pretty, it it was a rewarding process, but you don't have to go it alone. And I think some people just don't know where to start. They don't know even who to go to. And um, I felt really led and guided. And I've had a few friends use her since then, and they've had nothing, but I have one friend who's now using her for the second time. So uh, such a great, great, great experience. So if you feel it in your heart that you are supposed to write a book, know um, that uh, that what that wasn't put on your heart just by accident. It was put on your heart because you have a purpose and a, and, 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 and a, and a passion in your life that you want to get to others. And if you're feeling the need to share then likely it's a true need and it's a real need. And so I am uh, so grateful that uh, I have people like that in my corner in this journey. So I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, our, our, our next speaker that's going to be on the show today. Um, she is just extraordinary. Um, she is, uh, her name's Tanda Cook. Dr. Tanda Cook. She's a naturopathic physician. She's a food expert. She's a published author, international speaker, blogger, as well as a health and lifestyle coach. She is wildly passionate about educating and inspiring people to take steps to add health to their lives. Tanda has a gift for explaining confusing medical terminology and concepts in clearly understood terms. She empowers her audiences to celebrate healthy living through food, lifestyle, and choice. Tanda received her undergraduate degree from Skidmore College in Saratoga Springs, New York, and then went on to receive her doctorate from the National College of Natural Medicine in Portland, Oregon. 
After moving to Bozeman, Montana, Tanda discovered her true passion is connecting people to the earth, food, and their purpose through farming and sustainable agriculture and natural medicine. Today, clients from all over North America seek her out for counseling and retreats to experience the earth and their health in a transformed way. So, without any other further ado, I want to introduce you to this amazing human being. Tanda, you there? I am. Hi. Yay, Tanda is one of my favorite people on this planet Earth. I'll tell you, she is like our on-call doctor. So anytime anybody has, you know, a a question, um, you know, we go directly to Tanda, and she always helps us. Um, And she is so educated and so on top of her game that she makes things that seem overly complicated, she makes it simple for me to understand. (laughs) And so I I just have to brag on her for a second. I was having like, I was probably drinking way too much um, coffee. I love coffee, obviously coffee with Christy, but I was doing like a double shot espresso every day and probably shouldn't have done that. So, um, I called her and she was like, um, I needed to just take some, um, take a swig, um, and take it, take a swig of apple cider vinegar and um, do it every before you eat. And anyway, totally got rid of it. I, I was blown away, absolutely blown away at how amazing uh, this product is, or, you know, how she, her advice was. So anyway, I'm not going to use up any more of her time. So Tanda, please share a little bit about your story. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. We're going to be talking about women's hormones. Okay. So, which is a big one. So Tanda, welcome, hon. Hello. Yes. <laughs> Hey, Christy, it's so good to be on the show. Oh, we're so excited to have you, girl. I mean, hormones, what a big topic. But before we get started with that, why don't you share with us a little bit more about your story and what brought you to um, where you are today? Awesome. So, yeah, my husband and I have a five-acre farm right outside Bozeman, Montana, and I, you know, for most naturopaths, when we graduate from medical school, we have, when I graduated, there was two options. Basically, you join a practice or you start your own. And in Bozeman, Montana, there were no practices that were hiring. So my friend and I started our own practice. And after about 18 months of starting my own practice, I realized that the desk, uh, you know, sitting across the desk from somebody was not the way that I wanted to treat people and how I wanted to empower people in their life. So we dissolved the practice after two years, and I actually came home to the farm, and I now educate people uh, about food, health, how to add health. I consider myself an expert in food, and yet I also consider myself an expert in how to build your internal body such that the external stress doesn't throw you off. So the, the, the vision that I, or the image that I use is a really big fat arrow that's, that's external stress and a really, really small arrow, and they're both pointing down to each other. One point, one's pointing down and one's pointing up. And most of us, our internal resistance is not capable of dealing with the stress of the external world. And if you keep doing that over time, you will get sick. And hormones are just one of the areas that can go out of balance when that is that is happening. And most of my patients find me, you know, mid-30s when they're feeling awful, you know, and they use the excuse of getting old. And I'm 37 years old, and I felt better now than I ever have in my whole life. So I know that when you can get build that internal resistance and create balance in your life via the hormone system as well as, you know, adding the right foods and the right environment, et cetera, that health can only uh, prevail, that the body innately wants to be in balance and the body innately wants to be healthy. So when you're given that information, that's what will happen. And so my job is the detective to figure out what information, what health is not being added in your life when you feel out of balance. Well, I love that. And I'll tell you, I do believe we have an, a, a disease Oh, we have an epidemic of diseases and issues with hormones, male and female, young, old, it doesn't matter. I think everything stems Mm -hmm. from that world, right? So what are some symptoms um, that a woman may experience that is a means they're hormonally out of balance and a man's experience of hormonal imbalance? So females, which is, you know, most of the people that find me are females and, you know, either across the board, low libido, low energy, um, you know, digestive issues, uh, skin issues, all of that, you know, whether you're male or a female will show up. 
And typically, most women come to me with thyroid issues. But, you know, I do feel like there's a, um, an epidemic of, of thyroid, hypo specifically, which means your thyroid is slowing down. Now, the thyroid, I view the endocrine system like an orchestra, and Western medicine mostly focuses on the thyroid. Like, they'll shine the, they're, you know, orchestrating the event, the, the orchestra, and they're focusing only on the trumpets, and the whole song won't sound right if you're focusing only on the trumpets. Hmm. So the trumpets being the thyroid. And so when women come to me, specifically women, um, come to me with hypothyroid-ish symptoms, which could be fatigue, constipation, dry skin, their hair falling out, insomnia, heart palpitations, et cetera, et cetera, then what I do is ask a lot of questions because the adrenals, which are the two glands that sit on top of your kidneys and they're responsible for a lot of things, uh, the stress response specifically, and uh, blood sugar handling and our sleep-wake cycle, the thyroid and the adrenals are like a cart and a horse. You can't go anywhere if the cart is broken or the horses are exhausted. And so a lot of times the adrenals get uh, underlooked and undertreated. And so when I am treating people, I know that, I have to conduct the entire orchestra. I have to focus on not only the thyroid, because the thyroid typically will like save the body by slowing down. And the thyroid is also incredibly sensitive to toxicity. And so when the body is toxic, the, the thyroid suffers. And so I just know that when, whether you have a diagnosis of hypothyroidism or not, I know that if your thyroid is out of balance, your adrenals are out of balance, and your ovaries are out of balance, and it all stems from the pituitary in the brain. So I just know that I need to treat the whole person and build up that internal resistance, give the body what it's missing, specifically vitamins and minerals, and then some food choices, and then creating routine. The thyroid loves repetition, and the adrenals love routine. And so I, you know, and the thyroid, it's kind of cool, is uh, developing between the ages of two and seven, at age two and seven. And what does a two-year-old love? A two-year-old loves to hand you the same book to read over and over and over again. And you as the mom are going, really, Susie Q? Like, we just read this three hours ago. And the, but the kid is actually helping the thyroid develop at that age. So repetition for children is really important, um, as well as uh, supporting the thyroid. So... You know, symptoms are everything that I just listed, and then in men, most of them come to me because of uh, low libido and low energy. Mm-hmm. And using those, uh, just covering it up with different medications, you know, is is maybe fixing the problem temporarily, but it's not getting to the root, mm-hmm. right? Correct. That's what so I like about you. The, coo- the, the coolest thing about medication is that if it works, it tells me a whole lot of what's going on in the body. Because if a medication works, then I can look at the mechanism of action and decide, you know, like a a beta blocker. If a beta blocker is working for somebody, then I know that the angiotensin and renin hormones secreted from the kidneys is out of balance. So then how do we support the kidneys? And so when, when I don't view medication as bad or wrong, it's very, very helpful information. Now, ultimately, do I want my patients on medication lifelong? No. And yet, sometimes does that have to happen? Yes. And does it mean that we can't support the body as a whole? But like I said earlier, supporting the endocrine system, you have to support all of the players. And, you know, if a woman has had a total hysterectomy, we don't have ovaries. So then the adrenal glands are the only other glands in the body that can actually produce sex hormones. So when the ovaries are pulled out, then the adrenals are the ones that have to make up for the sex hormones. And our adrenal glands, as I said earlier, are also responsible for our stress response, which most humans are running from proverbial tigers 24-7. So by the time right. they get to age 35, 45, 55, the adrenals are exhausted. And then the woman goes through menopause, the ovaries shut down, and the adrenals are like, right, like, I have to do this job too? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and then menopause is horrible, right? Because the adrenals don't actually have the reserves to start producing the sex hormones on top of the sleep-wake cycle, on top of blood sugar handling, and on top of our stress response. So the, you know, the, some of the big nutrients that the adrenals love are vitamin C, as in cat, and vitamin B, as in boy. So mm. the B complexes are one of the adrenals' favorite things to eat, and in the stress response, so that, those B vitamins are working and are, are being used. And so the more we can replenish, like I was saying, building up our internal resistance such that when the proverbial tiger shows up, it's not a big deal and it doesn't throw people off so much. 
So why is it, you know, some women say they hit their 40s and they just have a crazy sex drive in their 40s? How does that happen if, if everything begins to shut down? <laughs> Super awesome. I honestly have never heard that. And, really? Uh, I mean, my, yes. I mean, my guess. Uh, I mean, my guess would be that maybe their adrenals were totally fine, like, but their adrenals were super happy and that, I mean, or they've had some burst of, I should I just don't know, hate these quarter- women then, you know? I'm just like, yeah. I, I, <laughs> like, Let's what are they drinking, right? <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously. Um, yeah, I honestly have never heard that. Low libido is pretty chronic, um, and that's, yeah. you know, the the thing about, uh, chronic stress is that cortisol is secreted from the adrenal glands and cortisol, when you see a tiger, cortisol is secreted. And it's a super awesome hormone because what it does is it keeps us alive, right? When we see a tiger or almost get into a car accident or whatever, whatever, then our body needs to go into that stress response to survive. Now, when cortisol is secreted, it shunts all of our blood from our digestive tract. So the body is not interested in digesting food when we're stressed out. That's the last. You have to think like the body wanting to survive in a stress response. The other thing that cortisol does is pull, it puts a lot of glucose into the blood because we don't know how long we're going to need to be running from this tiger, so the body needs fuel, right? The other thing that cortisol does is, is stores fat. Now, when we're storing fat, that's, fat is a really cool source of energy, and so the body's like, well, I don't know how long we're going to be running from this tiger, so let's hang on to all of the fat that we need. Let's put more glucose in the blood so we can run. Let's shunt all of the blood from the digestive tract into our muscles so that we can physically run. And then let's suppress the immune system because we don't want, we don't care about fighting an infection when we see a tiger. The body's like, all right, all right, like the immune system takes a backseat. So like bacteria, viruses, just hang out for a hot minute. We're not going to worry about you because we have to run from this tiger. Now, acutely, that's totally okay because then you run from the tiger two hours later, then the, the parasympathetic, that rest and digest response shows back up. The immune system wakes back up again. Blood sugar comes back down. Fat's starting to be burned. That's normal. That's homeostasis. But then the issue is that most of us are running from proverbial tigers chronically, and we're storing fat over a long period of time. We have glucose handling issues because high cortisol is happening. Our immune systems are suppressed, and our digestive systems aren't working optimally. Mm. So we're basically those tigers that we're running from. It's our debt. It's the negative yeah. relationships. It's the yeah. boss at work that we can't stand, right? So it's just a Correct. different way of looking at it. Correct. So I wonder if it you would know, change if the way you saw things changed. What, does does the psychology of this, because think about it, Tana. Like, I mean, we all want to live and do things and right get stuff done, but at what expense, right? Like at what point can you literally right. just chill, you know, and not be afraid of that tiger eating you. <laughs> right. So actually, that's interesting. I just got off the phone with a patient this morning where we're finally getting her physical body back into balance and her emotional body is like her emotions are, she's starting to notice the effects of her emotions and her thoughts on her physical health because they go hand in hand. When if, if I see a tiger or if I see my bank account or if I see my husband pulling in my driveway that elicits some sort of response in my body, whether it's a positive response or a negative response. And the more we can view our life as positive, what, you know, whether my bank account is at zero, I can still make that mean a positive thing, correct? Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot about coaching about choice. We have choice mm-hmm. in our life about how we feel. We have choice in our life about how we view things, perceive things. And, uh, and I 100% agree that you can shift your physical body with uh, with thought coaching, with mind coaching, with um, shifting your view, and that you know you can elicit anxiety with a thought, right? And and, that, and that's really and, what's so toxic, and that's why people, I think, have such high cortisol levels is they're constantly thinking. And you know, meditation really helped me with that. So, Tanda, I know we we have to we have to go here, but how can people get in touch with you? Because there's a lot of people out there that you know, are really, really wanting to connect with you. Um, mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, I know th- I know they have so many questions because I know that's where I was. I went to my doctor, yeah. you know, my doctor was telling me things and, and it wasn't in alignment with what I was feeling. And so I just needed someone. I don't even know how I met you, but 
uh, you were a referral from somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and so how can they reach you? What's the best way to reach you so they can actually get coached by you? Um, yeah, there are a few ways to reach me. Uh, my website is drtandacook.com. And so you can, con- you can contact me through there. And then I also have a uh, Facebook, a business Facebook page that's Dr. Tandacook ND. And I love hearing from people, uh, you know, taking the confusion out of medicine is one of my favorite things to do and empowering people in their life and empowering people in their health. I think we all deserve. And so any help that I can be, uh, I will offer it. So I just have to give a shout out because you didn't mention this. That's just who you are. You're so humble. Um, My husband loves your freaking book. I mean, he, my husband's a chef in our house. Where can they find your book? Tell about your cook. It's the most beautiful cookbook I've ever seen. Um, oh, please share with, share with them about your book real quick. Yeah, so my our co-authored a cookbook called Food That Grows, and you can get it on Amazon and on my website at drtandacook.com. And it's more than a cookbook because it is it's explaining a lot of how food works and how our relationship with food works, how food breaks down in the body, how it adds health, how, you know, I do not like telling people what they can and cannot eat because if it fits in your mouth, it'll come out the other end. What I want to empower people about is choice and how paying attention to how food makes you feel. And it's called Food That Grows because it's, it's, all, it's focusing on whole foods because that's what I, I practice and what I preach. You are so, I mean, some of the recipes, though, are staples in our diet. We absolutely love it. So, Tanda, you know, I believe I could have you on for days straight. You are one of the smartest and kindest women um, I know, and I hold you very close in my heart because of I know that you're a force in our world and you were planted here and put here to really help change the system and the issues that we have. So I really want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day today. And I got to tell you listeners that, you know, you're here in this show. If you have any of those symptoms, okay, I believe if you've heard any show I've ever done, this is probably one of the most important shows because you you can't live a great life until you take care of yourself first. So go check out Tanda, connect with her. Um, you'll trust me, you'll be thanking me that you did. So Tanda, thanks so much for being on the show. We love you. Thank you, my friend. I love you so much. Have an awesome day. You too, honey. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Coffee with Christy. This is another show. Enjoyed our time here together, and I just can't wait to have a cup of coffee with you next week. So we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining Christy Dryling for this week's Coffee with Christy. We hope you'll tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Same time next week. Follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel.